1: podcast i'm jordan holzer proudly part of the believe podcast network In each episode we will be covering 90s 2000s film tv and pop culture i'm not alone each episode i'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood thank you to weedus for the intro music i just wanted to thank all my listeners for writing in on social media and through our email address the at gmail.com for our guest next week butch hartman the creator of the Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom. It was really difficult to narrow down the questions for him, but I think we selected some really good ones. We even did a little conspiracy corner for Butch where I asked him if there's any truth to five Reddit conspiracies about the Fairly Odd Parents, so stay tuned for that next week. This week, we are joined by friend of the program, Aditi Shaw. Aditi is a yoga and meditation instructor at Peloton. This whole pandemic, has been really difficult for a million reasons right but one of which has been the gyms closing and the difficulty in getting regular exercise. My sister was actually the first person to tell me about the Peloton app and I have to say it's been an absolute game changer for me. I just assumed that you needed to purchase the bike or the tread and spend thousands of dollars on equipment but really you just need the app. Check out the three day free trial and see for yourself. They have strength, yoga, meditation, cardio, stretching, really everything you need, even bodyweight classes if you don't happen to have weights at home. The classes range from beginner to advanced, and you can even filter by the music playlist. This is not an advertisement for Peloton, even though I realize it's starting to sound like one. They are not sponsoring this podcast. They are giving me no money to say this, shout out Simply Safe. but if Peloton wants to send me a bike, I'm not going to be rude and say no. So back to Aditi, we are going to discuss her journey to Peloton, her passion for yoga and meditation, the community at Peloton, and of course, this is the Relunchables after all. We're going to talk about some of her favorite TV shows and films from back in the day. I know this episode is a little different from what we normally do, but I find Aditi to be so inspiring, and I think meditation and reflection is so important, especially during a time like this. So let's get into my interview with yoga and meditation guru, Aditi Shah. So Aditi, I kind of want to ask you about how quarantine's been going for you. I believe you're in New York City right now.
0: Yes, I live in Brooklyn. Um, It's been really interesting. I think it's been interesting for everyone, for sure. Um, I can definitely count a lot of things that I feel really grateful for. At the same time, I'm definitely feeling like my next move is going to be to a bigger apartment. Um, <laughs> okay. I live with I live with my fiance and we have a one bedroom. So I feel like that's something I never anticipated um, was having to co-work in our one bedroom. Um, that's it. You know, I am counting my blessings. Um, yeah.
1: I could definitely relate. I'm in Los Angeles right now and it's kind of been locked down similar to New York City and my girlfriend's usually traveling. She's on the road every week, and now she's stuck at home with me. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with her at half the time. It's just like we're sharing this one, you know, short, small apartment in LA. And I think every couple, everyone's adapting.
0: <laughs> that you would be together but separate for eight hours at a, t- of a t- of time, <laughs> yeah. um, not twenty-four-seven. No, but um, all that said, it's actually been really fun. My fiance, his name is Tony, he's been baking for a lot longer than quarantine. I would say we're probably into our second year of baking sourdough. So it's been fun for me to have the time and for us to experiment more with that. Um, yeah, getting into that's, baking.
1: That's awesome. Honestly, if you want to send some bread my way, I'd be happy to, you know, be a taste tester for you.
0: All right, maybe we will. We <laughs> make a lot of extra loves, so... <laughs>
1: So I'm so thrilled to have you on because for me and I, you know, look Peloton is not paying me at all to say this. I have no promotion with them. We're not sponsored by Peloton, but I have to say it has been a game changer for me during this quarantine as someone who typically goes to the gym on a regular basis and trying to find something I could do in my own home. And my mom has the bike. My parents have the equipment, but just for me, the app has been incredible. The strength classes, I have to say, maybe not the yoga classes. I'm trying to dabble in that in the meditation space, but the strength classes have been a game changer for me. But I'm curious, from your end of things, how has it been adjusting to the work at home model, where you're, you know, kind of broadcasting from your own a studio apartment, in a sense, and now getting back to, you know, performing live classes?
0: Well, talking about Peloton, first of all, you're definitely preaching to the choir. Um, I I would encourage you to try some yoga classes <laughs> and some meditation classes. Um, but for me, yeah, we did have a little stint of teaching live from home, which was so cool. It, um, it was really just so awesome to get to engage with our members in a different way. We have the best family in the world at Peloton. You know, everybody who is part of, um, you know, our team at Peloton is just so incredible. And it was really fun to get to kind of bring them into my home and and and, um, and kind of get to share this moment that's happening in the world, in a you really know. special way, in a really intimate way, um, and I think you know, as a yoga and meditation teacher, it added something different—a um, layer of really like um, intimacy and um, connection. So I really yeah. love that. Um, I'm also happy to be back in the studio, though, because our studios are new and beautiful. Um, so yeah, and we have a lot of—it's like very safe.
1: No, as you mentioned, I think the level of connection that you're able to achieve through the classes and just seeing people doing the same thing you're doing at the same time is kind of incredible, especially like I've been taking part, I'm a lawyer, you know, most of the time and part-time podcaster. And for me, it's been incredible because I do all these different, you know, lawyers sign up to do it. And, you know, people from my fraternity have done classes together. So no matter where you are around the world, you could take part in this collective experience. It's kind of remarkable
0: the community aspect is definitely, I would say that's one amazing thing that's come out of uh, quarantine is everybody has certainly realized how much we need other people, how much we care about other people. Um, And we've found all these incredible ways to come together. So I think that's, I mean, Peloton is definitely part of that. And that's, that's really pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah. So I have to take you all the way back here. And how did you get started in, you know, really becoming an advocate and passionate about yoga and meditation?
0: well um i was exposed to yoga and meditation growing up so i grew up in new jersey um and my parents moved here from india so i was introduced to yoga growing up but i i wasn't or and meditation actually and i wasn't really into either practice to be honest i was just a little bit you know i i like to run around a lot and i didn't i was a kid and i didn't really know how to clear my mind um It was a little bit daunting and I had no real incentive to, to figure it out at the time. Um, So later in life, I stopped doing all the other things I was doing and um, our physical things that I was doing. And I kind of went through a transition where I studied math in school and I realized that I didn't want to work in finance. And in the meantime, my parents had retired and moved to India. So I was like very lost. I was like nowhere to live in the U S and also not sure what I'm going to do with my career. And at the time it just felt like my life was totally off track and I didn't know how I would ever fix it. Um, and that's really when I did this deep dive into yoga and meditation. Um, you know, I actually went to India cause my parents lived there and originally I went to just visit them. Um, I ended up deciding to move there, but it started with me just visiting them. And my mom went to yoga classes. She went specifically to Iyengar yoga classes, which, and she went, um, you know, you know, it to help her with certain things that she was dealing with. So it was like introduced to me in that way as a healing methodology, which is something I had learned growing up. I knew that it was spiritual. Um, there's a, there's a, problematic but well-known Indian yogi who's on TV named Baba Ramdev. So like I had exposure to it and it wasn't until I went on this deep dive um, during and then after college really where I started to learn more about what yoga is, how to meditate, what these different lineages are, Um, and I found some teachers and then I did. Honestly, I didn't think that I was going to be a teacher myself. My plan was to keep yoga to myself, for my just for me, and and to continue doing other things and one day when i retired i would open a yoga studio that was the plan yeah um and then i did a teacher training just for my own education honestly um just because i thought well if i want to open a studio i probably should like start learning um at that point i had only studied with teachers like on my own without any certifications um so yeah i guess that was really the beginning of the journey i did that teacher training and i i was really interested and i was like actually maybe I should just like put one toe in the water and it just kind of transformed. Um, It became something that was really special and important to me. And as it helped me a lot through that transition, um, I I decided that I wanted to also share it with others.
1: No, that's incredible. I'm so curious. No, that's great. I'm so curious, you know, what do your parents think of it? Because, you know, maybe they introduced you to it as a kid, but now you've kind of taken it on as kind of you know, I know you're involved in a lot of other things, but it's kind of become a full time job for you. They got to be like, oh, my God, you really just ran with this.
0: Um, well, I will say my mom, when I was like doing a lot of yoga at her home, she was like, maybe you should consider doing this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I definitely that's not me. I just didn't see myself in that way. Um, I think they're they're happy. I think they were probably um I think it's hard for parents when they're not like what as to watch their child trying to figure out what to do, which is where I was for a little while. But other than that, they're, they've been super supportive. They actually, I think that they've they've been practicing on their own for a long time with teachers who are local to them, um, like all different kinds of yoga, and and they're very spiritual and into a lot of these practices. And uh, I would say that. W- last year or two years ago my dad started teaching in his really yeah so it's kind of cool i feel like we're all getting to come together around something um i mean which i think it never felt felt like it was mine or it was theirs but it was something that we didn't necessarily do together all the time and now it feels a little bit more cohesive that's it's really it's really nice i think they're they're excited about um me teaching and and my mom came to visit me once and came to a class and I think that changed her perspective. She was like, "Wow, this this is pretty cool." Yeah, you know? <laughs> your students don't like you, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good thing, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I think you got to get your dad in the studio and teach a, a joint class together, right?
0: All right. He, uh, well, he's in India, but one day if okay. he visits for sure, yeah. <laughs>
1: And one thing that you mentioned, which I really love that you even you bring it up all the time on your social media is it's a practice, right? Yoga, meditation, you're never a master at it. I know even for myself, when I do meditate, it is tough because you feel like, okay, I'm supposed to be able to clear my mind. I'm supposed to be able to focus, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however I long however long I have you know, a day to do this. And you're never, it's frustrating at times, right? And then you're thinking because you're supposed to be like, okay, I'm not supposed to think about anything. My mind is supposed to be blank. And then my mind's wondering, okay, I have these emails to send. Okay, I have these groceries I need to pick up. So how do you approach that with your students that kind of just struggle knowing that, you know, it is a practice at the end of the day, you're never going to be a, a master per se.
0: So I would say there's a couple different things. First of all, with yoga, I think there's this understanding, um, if you are interested in like truly practicing yoga, that the aim is is more than anything physical, right? The aim of yoga is really liberation. It's like, this philosophy that comes out of like these six Hindu philosophies. Um, although there are obviously other kinds of yoga, but that really changes what yoga means because it comes with its own worldview. And there's this idea with yoga that to attain liberation or freedom or whatever, you know, you, there's so many different, you know, iterations and lineages of yoga, but whatever it is that you particularly feel are, are you're going for, um, then it might be a journey over many lifetimes. So I yeah. think with yoga, there's this understanding that it's not something, you know, you're learning to find value in your effort. You're learning to, um, actually, there's this wonderful, I just happened to have this quote written down. I swear I didn't prepare this. But <laughs> I think it's really applicable. Um, it's the stonecutter's credo. I don't know if we've ever mm-hmm. heard it, but um, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it Mm -hmm. yet at the 101st blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that blow that did it, but all that had gone before. It's like so simple, you know, it's, it's, The the value is in practice and the value is in the journey. Um, With meditation in particular, I also think there's so many different kinds of meditation, but the kind of meditation that's the hardest is the one where you're supposed to completely clear your brain. And that's not what I teach. Um, I think that there are different meditation practices that work better for different people. I personally, um, I like mindfulness meditation, which comes from like the insight or Theravada tradition. Um, And I find that to be like more first of all, it's kind of in the same path of like moving towards liberation, but it's in a way that that feels more understandable for my brain. Um, and I think it, it I, I find that to be a lot more helpful than the feeling of failure that comes with, for some people, right? Like I can't clear my brain, I'm having thoughts. I think it, it's really this idea of flipping, flipping the, the paradigm, like Yes, you are having thoughts. You're supposed to have thoughts. That's what your mind does. Like, how about take a step back and notice what your thoughts are and witness what's happening so you can create a different relationship with your thoughts and your emotions and your body and all of that. So I think um, really taking the time to contextualize yoga and meditation can help a lot with the practices.
1: Oh, yeah. And I love that quote because it's really, you know, trusting the process. Right. And just like knowing that you're, you know, you're contributing to something every day, you're getting a little bit better, focusing a little bit more. And I even think that's the way with just even strength workouts. Like people just want to see the results right away, and it's about falling in, you know, falling in love with just the day-to-day grind of doing it. And I think that's something that Peloton really does preach throughout all the instructors.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: So I, I'm so curious now, kind of going into you know what drew you to Peloton and how difficult was that to make a transition to? Okay, I'm used to you know I'm going to yoga classes, you know I'm really good at doing it, right? But now I got to teach it. That's a whole other ballgame.
0: Well, I was teaching before Peloton. I just wasn't teaching at Peloton. Um, So it was, it was definitely a bit of a transition just in the sense that I was more, I had more of a freelance lifestyle, let's say, and I did a lot of other things. So um, other than that, that was really awesome. It was so cool to get to put together and launch this amazing yoga program, you know, like uh, me and Anna Greenberg and Kristen McGee, we like launched yoga for Pelton, which was, it's kind of like getting to shape, shape something that is so meaningful to you that you now, like, I remember that year I was like, what do I really want? Well, I think I, I think I want a bigger platform. Like I feel really good about what I'm doing now. And it was like, well, here it is. Now you get to shape it and decide, you know, how it's going to be and work with some people who are the best at what they do in the world. And, you know, let's like put it out there, which, which is, yeah, pretty, pretty awesome.
1: No, it is. I have a, I know for me, I'd be like, I'd be struggling like every take. I feel like I need to do this again. Like when I'm trying to build it out, right. I'm like, okay, how does this sound perfectly? And I guess this is more for the strength instructors, but when you're doing these moves, I don't know how you're able to communicate while you're doing them. I'm like, I'm sweating. I can't barely talk even in yoga. Right. It is difficult. How do you get your body to that kind of level where you're okay and you're, you know, you're able to communicate to your audience. Hold on Aditi, let me tell my listeners about Safe home security. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of security system Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24 seven. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. My listeners hit the SimplySafe.com slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee that's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. And now, back to the show.
0: Totally. Um, I think, first of all, some of it is practice. Um, some of it is just, you know, starting and getting used to it. It's not something that I'm I was used to doing before either. And um, but, but I, I learned, and I think yeah. that's really what it is, is you work on it. Um, and also, I hear you on the, I wish I could get another take, or, you know, <laughs> I can't really talk right now, so I'm just not going to. And I think that that's normal, and that it's okay to be human. Um, and I think, you know, when you allow yourself to have little imperfections, then you can also grow with them, you know? Yeah. Um, otherwise, you would just be unable to do anything. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my take on, on- <laughs>
1: yeah one more take is always nice uh so kind of moving into just the community that peloton has built how has it been interacting with people whether it be through social media or emailing you and reaching out kind of sharing their stories and you know meditation and yoga how it's helped them it's got to be kind of inspiring right
0: it's amazing yeah so like i said before our community is is really just the best like we i always say like we have the best family in the world if you're new to peloton like you have no idea how awesome it is yet because it's so awesome um and yes, I, I mean, I get a lot of different kinds of messages <laughs> um, sure. and um, most of them are really wonderful. I love seeing um, families, you know, meditating or practicing together. Um, I I yeah, I don't have any I don't have any like big complaints. I think it's it's really wonderful and inspiring. And I'm always excited to be able to encourage people along along their way.
1: That's that's beautiful. Uh, so. Just moving into, you know, where do you see your career moving forward? And I'm on, you know, expecting you to have an answer to that. I certainly don't. Uh, But just for you, I know you maybe got into some acting classes and maybe seeing that as a potential opportunity for you. Where do you see this kind of going moving forward?
0: Yeah, so I, when I came from India, I came here to go to Stella Adler. Um, And you know, what's interesting is there's a few other people at Peloton who've gone to the same school or, you know, really. There's some interesting, um, yeah, some interesting maybe similarities between some of us, but um, I definitely, yeah, I think that's an that's an open option, but maybe not anytime soon. I I'm planning on sticking around, um, <laughs> and then I I feel like one of the things that I um, decided for myself was a, a long time ago, and really this is a part of I. Worked for so long to get this degree in math and my dad worked at an investment bank and I was like, I'm going to work at an investment bank and I didn't, an intern- I don't, I did all the things that you're supposed to do. And I had this like moment where I just realized that I would be miserable if I did that for my whole life. Um, and then I had a different career modeling and acting, even though I was practicing yoga, that wasn't what I thought I was going to do with my job. And it took yoga teacher training and moving here for me to realize I should give it a shot. And so, one of the things that I've um, I've decided for myself was that I'm not going to stick to a plan or a script in a, in a certain way. Like, yes, I have goals, yes, I have intentions, but I'm gonna. It's my story, and I'm allowed to rewrite it. Um, I think sometimes it's hard hard to do that. <laughs> I know yeah. for sure it was hard for me at first. So. That's something that I really believe in. I think it's really important to know that you're allowed to change, and it's your one life. So, um, so I'm keeping my options open for the future.
1: (laughs) I think that's the right attitude to have. And you know, just bringing up the investment banking path, I think so many people could relate to that. You see, you know, what you're supposed to do. Maybe pressure from your parents. Maybe pressure from advisors. Maybe you know, this is you know whatever you need to major in. And you really got to find out your path for yourself. And just because that this is so maybe perceived as the, you know, prestigious route, right? Investment banking, consulting, law, medicine. Yeah,
0: but I'm so happy. Like, exactly. And I'd rather be here.
1: <laughs> they don't take into account the happiness factor and what actually it's going to bring to you because ultimately you got to find that internally. Nothing external is going to do that for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I kind of, now we're going to do the silly part of the podcast. I hope you're I ready for this.
0: <laughs> I, think I am too.
1: <laughs> so... The Reluctibles is all about 90s, 2000s nostalgia, and we really focus on that. We bring in a ton of actors, writers, directors onto the podcast from some of our favorite films from back in the day TV shows. So I'm so curious, growing up in New Jersey, what kinds of things were you watching at the time growing up? For me, it was like MTV. I was watching a ton of that stuff, the Disney Channel stuff, Nickelodeon. But I'm so curious, what did you grow up on?
0: I had a weird childhood because my parents, (laughs) we did not have cable so I did not have TV or Nickelodeon and they only really let us watch like half an hour of television a day so I didn't watch a lot of TV (laughs) growing up. Um, Some of the things I remember from growing up are that I had an older brother who loved The Simpsons so we would always watch The Simpsons together. Um, I also I remember at some point I got to watch that like you know there was like I don't remember exactly what channel it was on but there was like a whole chunk of shows that came together and it was like Boy Meets World it's Green the Teenage yes. Witch and so I, I I got a good bunch of those I definitely love Fresh Prince
1: oh, um, yes one of the best
0: yeah of course and then when I got older I would say probably like a Friends fan.
1: Those are all great choices. All great choices. Yeah. Do you find yourself going on Netflix now and kind of re-watching some of the stuff from back then maybe that you missed or not really?
0: Um, not really. Not really. I think I would I would be more likely to watch some old movies than old TV shows. Like I remember being obsessed with this movie Iron Will. I don't oh, know if you've ever like, heard like, of it. Disney movie about the Iditarod. Like I okay. loved it. I think we watched that a few times <laughs> when I was a kid, I I was obsessed with, and maybe still I'm a little obsessed with The Karate Kid. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I loved Roald Dahl. So when they came out with like James and the Giant Peach or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I loved that. So, I mean, yeah, definitely I would I would consider re-watching some of those movies.
1: I'd highly recommend if you were a fan of The Karate Kid, definitely check out Cobra Kai, which is a oh, YouTube yeah, series, but I've it's coming to Netflix. That. It's awesome. It awesome. Great. Yes. I watch it. <laughs> So I'm so curious only a half hour of television a day. I don't know how I would have survived but I guess when you're growing up and you just think that you know everyone's doing that that's just normal for you. So what were your uh, you know what did you make up the rest of your afternoon with was it sports was it you know studies what kind of filled up your day?
0: Um I was I definitely did I, I grew up playing soccer I played soccer since I was like four so I was really into soccer um and I was very outdoorsy so I would be like outdoors a lot climbing trees and just like being outdoors um playing basketball, all the all the sports things. But I really loved reading. I was like I would like get in trouble for staying up too late reading. So um, I was one of those kids. I feel like some 90s things. 90s books were probably like I loved Wayside School.
1: Oh, yes. Um, yeah. One of my favorites.
0: <laughs> um, Anything Michelle Silverstein I actually still has yeah. books. Um, Goosebumps or Choose Your Own oh, Adventure Love
1: books. Goosebumps. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of good, a lot of good books. There were like the Babysitter Club books. Yes, um,
1: yes. I don't know if you watch, like, if you if you read like the Cam Jansen books. It was like yeah, a girl yeah. with like a photographic memory. It was I don't know everything. Yeah, I do think we grew up in the best generation. I really do. I know every generation probably says that, but between the '90s music, TV, movies, that '90s 2000s era was really the best.
0: There was so much. There's so much there. Yes, our music. I loved. I still, I mean, I think everyone who takes my classes probably knows I love Atlantis Morset. <laughs> yes. um, but we had we had so many amazing artists in the '90s. We had like all the boy bands and the and girl and like you know Britney and Spice Girls, and we had amazing rock artists too. We had Smashing Pumpkins. We had, I guess radio had kind of transcends decades, but we had yeah. so much. So oh yeah, yeah. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I'm curious now, I want to go into our, you know, five questions here. And these questions kind of span the gamut from today, back then. But before we do that, I kind of want to ask you just a few tips that you would have for a beginner like myself who's just getting into yoga. I'm probably the least flexible person you've ever met, and that is no exaggeration. But even just basic moves, so like even cat-cow for me, it is like, you know, I'm starting to get there. I think I've ex- I think I've think mastered cat-cow. I'm ready to move on a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, I think the thing with yoga when compared to some of the other things that are on peloton like strength classes or bike classes or runs um yoga isn't as goal-oriented you're not getting like a number with your yoga class and that's not what yoga is about right it's one part of this system that's meant to make bring you to like wholeness so um so really i think it's like again like thinking about it in a different way contextualizing this asana class in a way where you're experiencing these poses it's not about doing them right or doing them um perfectly so like a lot of people i've gotten recently a lot of questions about getting your heels to the floor and downward facing dog and yeah it's just okay if your heels aren't on the floor it just is it's fine um that's definitely not it's definitely not it doesn't mean anything as far as like, are you practicing yoga? So I think that's one of the biggest mindset shifts that is honestly, it's great for yoga. It's also, I think it also will change the way that people relate to themselves and relate to like life. So it's really helpful. Um, But that said, we do have uh, an intro to yoga program on the digital platform and I have like a whole beginner series. Um, So I think that's like probably a good place to start. I would say, I also couldn't touch my toes when I started practicing. Um, Oh, that's
1: encouraging.
0: (laughs) I spent my whole life running track and playing soccer. So I wasn't very good in like the way that, you know, I wasn't flexible. I wasn't like, the poses didn't come easily to me. Um, But I found that I felt better anyway when I practiced. So I just kept doing it. And obviously over a long time, it got a little bit easier, but I'm still not like the most flexible. And I think that's okay. I think I've maybe moved into a place where I don't think that I need to be the most flexible to to um, be participating in, in practicing yoga.
1: And I think that's the right attitude to have. And okay, I think I, I think you convinced me, I'm gonna start the beginner's yoga. I'll let you know how it goes. Right. Maybe I touch my toes, maybe I don't. We'll see, it's, uh, it's all good. It's a practice at the end of the day, right?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: So let's get into our uh, five questions of the day, and I want to start with any TV shows that you're currently watching on Netflix or any other streaming platform.
0: Um, Indian Matchmaking.
1: Oh my god, I've, I'm now obsessed with this show. My girlfriend has it on all day, so I'm like totally into it. What do you love about the show?
0: Um, well, I, I think there's parts of the culture that I can relate to and parts of the show that make me cringe um i'm sure a lot of people are having similar experiences oh, yeah. um i think for sure my parents had an arranged marriage it was not actually arranged through a matchmaker it was just arranged by their families and they they've been married for a very long time they're they're nearing 50 years at this point but wow. um but you know when it came to me i asked my mom about it when i was younger like a young teenager if i was going to have an arranged marriage and she said no and she didn't think that i would want that um but if I wanted it, that we could do it. And I, I, I've i had some experiences with the idea of like a modern arranged marriage, not with me, but like with other family members and close friends. Um, I, I'm i not like, I don't, I'm, I have like no opinion. I think everyone should do what they want. I don't think matchmaking is bad. Um, I do think that there are certain aspects of, of like the culture around Indian matchmaking that should change like the the fixation on fairness you know is a it's like a just an example of colorism that really we should be able to move past I think it was I think I found like there there was maybe a little bit more tolerance for um a, a guy who was good natured to say no to everybody as opposed yeah. to like, a woman who wanted to prioritize what she wanted I mean I think I have a lot of respect for for women who want to be strong and put themselves first. We deserve that, too. Um, so I feel like I had a lot of, I mean, I guess that's a great show. It brings out all your emotions. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess my answer is it's complicated. That's how I feel about it.
1: I think that's easy to say. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time to break down some of the stigmas around it. And I think it's just good to get it out there and let people judge it for themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Anything else you're watching right now?
0: Um, I recently introduced Tony to um, Fargo cause he had never seen it. So we're like
1: the TV got- show.
0: Yes. The TV oh yeah. Show. It's, it's really good either, but it's so good and he's never seen it. So we're very, very slowly working our way through
1: it. Awesome. <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite go to song when you're doing like a strength class? What's the song that you're really for a motivated workout? What's your go to?
0: Oh Wow. Or just some um, artists,
1: if you don't have a go-to song per se, just some artists that you like listening to.
0: Um, okay. I feel like, this is really tough. I have so many songs that I really like. <laughs> um, I would say I I really like, I've been putting Dua Lipa's physical into my classes <laughs> lately. I like Jesse Ware's new album. Um. I don't know. I also, I actually really love '90s jams too. Like, very honestly, i taught two '90s classes in the last two months. Um, so sometimes I'll throw some of that in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think if I think of, if I co- if I might come back to this if I could think <laughs> that that really matter to me right now. Uh,
1: assuming restaurants come back from this pandemic, do you have any favorite restaurants in New York City or Brooklyn? Where do you like to eat?
0: Um, I love ABCV. I, I, uh, I've been, I'm a lifelong vegetarian, so I've never had meat, so, um, so I'm always looking for the great vegetarian, <laughs> vegan restaurants, and I really love ABCV. Um, it's probably one of my favorites. I also really like Exist, um, which is like a Mediterranean place. And yeah, I feel like those are my, probably my two go-to's. Neither of them are in Brooklyn, but those are probably my two go-to's.
1: Gotcha. And if you wanted to bring back one TV show from back in the '90s or one movie you wanted to see a sequel or a prequel to, what would it be? Maybe Fresh mm-hmm. Prince comes back in some form. What would yes. you know? Maybe
0: that's that. I would say Fresh Prince um, and and obviously the Karate Kid. Like I I want more. I want more Karate Kid.
1: Yes, I think we all deserve a new one after that Will Smith, you know, Jaden Smith one that was honestly just terrible in my opinion. But that's a that's a podcast for another day. Uh, last one here. I'm just so curious which instructor do you consider to be the hardest class if you're gonna take a strength class? Cause which one is just like, oh, I can't do another one of X's classes. You know
0: maybe Adrian, <laughs> I, I I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, but he's doing some stuff on there that I'm like, I'm just gonna like watch this because this is ridiculous. So I feel like Adrian's classes. I like, I did a strength class of his, maybe yesterday or the day before. And it was, it was brutal. Like he yeah. did the a whole biometric and I was like, all right, cool. Um, I can't move as fast as you can, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So, um, maybe, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I love it. But I think that his classes are probably, probably up there on oh, the yeah. challenge side.
1: I always go to like Jess Sims. Like if I need a really tough class, it's usually Jess Sims. If I need a tough core class, I go to like Olivia. I think she gives a really tough core class. She and just kills
0: know. me. Are just like, yeah. hollow body
1: holds. I'm like done after like 10 seconds. I can't do this
0: sweetest angel face while she's telling you to yes. just die <laughs> in your hollow body hole.
1: I always try to stay away from Rebecca Kennedy, and she's great. It's just she always puts herself in these crazy positions going back to flexibility. I'm like, this is a strength class. If I wanted to do yoga, I would take an Aditi class.
0: I love I love her classes, though. <laughs> I think that's why I love them, too. I love that there's like a mixture in there. Um, I think she's an ex-gymnast.
1: It makes sense. Watching the classes, it definitely makes sense. Okay, I've took I've taken enough of your time, Aditi. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you so much. This is so fun.
1: I would like to thank my guest, Aditi Shaw, for joining the podcast. You can find her on Instagram. She's Dt I twenty two, and please check out all of her yoga and meditation classes on Peloton next week. We're going to be joined by the creator of The Fairly Odd Parents, Butch Hartman. What an interview with Butch. He answered all my childhood questions for him. I think it made for a great interview. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. Until next time.